the uh, July 2017 uh, General Synod of the Church of England, uh, a motion was presented uh, with these words. And before I read them, uh, I'm not picking on uh, the Church of England. Uh, when I say these, I'm just using this as an example of teaching that is found in many uh, churches in this country. But this is what uh, the 2017 General Synod of the Church of England uh, said in this motion. Uh, they said, The Bible teaches that we are each fearfully and wonderfully made, and that we should praise God's gift of our creation. Thus, our diversity as human beings is a reflection of God's creativity and something to celebrate. And so far, so good. Um, I think we can all agree with those uh, sentiments as far as they go and they're taught in the Bible. But then they continued, and the motion continued, the biblical concern is not with what we are, but how we choose to live our lives, meaning that differing sexual orientations and gender identities are not inherently sinful, nor mental health disorders to be cured. Now, the first sentence was good. The second sentence comes close to nonsense. Because it makes a crucial false assumption. And I wonder if you picked up on what it was. That second sentence assumes something which is categorically wrong. The assumption is that what we feel, what we desire, what we understand in our own minds cannot be wrong. Uh, Don't be deceived by the language of sexual orientation and gender identity. Uh, All those words mean at the end of the day is that our own desires and our own understanding provides a reliable guide to truth. That is the assumption that is being made. If you feel it, if it's a natural desire, then it cannot be wrong. And understanding that assumption... Uh, gives us the key to answering the difficult question that I want to look at this morning. And the difficult question is one which many ask. You may even have asked it yourself. The question is, why did God make me this way? Why did God make me this way? And that one question could cover a lot of questions that different people have. Um, Young Christians, in particular, might ask it regarding various desires and feelings they have bubbling up inside of them. And they know what the Bible says about marriage, but they have all these feelings, they have all these desires, and they think, why did God give me all these desires if they can only be fulfilled in marriage? And many have asked that question, why did God make me this way as they struggle with them? Um, other people might ask it when they're attracted to someone of the opposite sex 
And they might say, why did God make me this way? More recently, people might ask it when they say, why did God put me in the wrong body? I feel I'm this gender, but my body says something different. And these are all very, very real questions today, and uh, I'm sure all of us, without exception, have come across them in some way or another, whether at work, on the TV, or at school. Uh, These are very real questions, and it can be summed up under that large question, why did God make me this way? But as I said, that question in itself assumes something which is wrong. And what it assumes is that our personal feelings and our understandings about ourselves are a good guide to what God wants. And they're not. That is the fundamental truth. Listen to Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. We've got Proverbs, the book of wisdom in the Bible. They're all books of wisdom, but Proverbs is especially so. And Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12 says this. It says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Do you hear what that verse is saying? Uh, It's saying that sometimes we can think we're doing the right thing. We can think we're going in the right direction, but actually... Its end ends in death. I wonder, have you ever been misled by your feelings? Uh, Have you ever uh, wanted to go in a certain direction and thought it was the right way and then been realized later that you were horribly deceived? Uh, Ever wanted something which you thought would make you happy? Uh, Even something as mundane as a new washing machine or... Um, a new gadget which you think will answer all your problems and then you discover that you were wrong. Perhaps more seriously, perhaps you've felt angry and wanted to say something and you've said it and you've instantly regretted it. You've let out what was in your heart. Uh, Ever wanted to punch someone? Ever wanted to kill Someone. Well, I think surely not. Perhaps more of us than we would like to think have ever wanted, have wanted to sometimes. Have you ever been absolutely convinced about something in your mind? Absolutely sure you're right, only to discover you were horribly wrong. See the point? I hope we all know that our feelings and our own understanding can frequently mislead us. Our own understanding is frequently wrong. What did Jesus say? What did Jesus teach? Well, we've already read it. In Luke chapter 6, verse uh, verse 47, Jesus said, whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing 
is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Jesus says that the only place of ultimate truth is him. I say, that's quite an arrogant statement. But that's what Jesus said. Jesus said, the wise person listens to me and does what I say. And the person who ignores me and goes their own way is like a foolish man who built on the sand. And that parable is really just illustrating what Proverbs chapter 3 says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And we live in a society which completely disregards that, doesn't it? Uh, That would seem nonsense to many out in society. To lean on God and not lean on your own understanding. The mantra on our TVs and in our films and uh, all around us is trust yourself, follow your heart, listen to yourself, follow your dreams, be true to yourself. But Jesus says, no, be true to me, listen to what I say, and you will find rest for your soul. That is the only sure, secure foundation to build on. And yet, we have the cheek to say, when our feelings lead us up the garden path, we have the cheek to say to God, why did you make me this way? God, why did you do this when it's us who are not listening to him? Uh, Look at it this way. Uh, Imagine you had a boss at work. Imagine you're at work if you're not. Uh, Imagine you had a boss at work and he or she told you that you were being promoted. Uh, And you're being promoted and you're going to be given management of a whole department. And you are going to become the manager of that department. And your boss says to you, I'm always here if you need help. Uh, I've given you a clear list of instructions here and follow these and you won't go too far wrong. And they send you off to manage the new department. Now suppose you heard all that and then you completely disregarded those instructions. And whenever a problem arose, you didn't bother to phone up your boss, even though they'd welcomed you to do that. And six months later, your boss comes for a checkup to, to check, see how things are going, and they find it in complete chaos and disorder. Nothing is running as it should. And then you turn around to your boss and say, Why did you do this? Why did you put me here? Why did you give me this role? It's nonsense, isn't it? That's not the right response. The real question is the boss asking the manager, why didn't you listen to me? Why didn't you follow my instructions? I promoted you. I gave you this wonderful position of responsibility and authority, and yet you disregarded me. And that's exactly the situation we are in with God. God has given us a wonderful responsibility of this planet uh, to govern it and to look after it under him and he's given us clear instructions how to do that 
but we've gone our own way. We, like sheep, the Bible says, have gone astray. We've each gone to our own uh, way. And because of it, this world is in a state of chaos and disorder. Yes, there are still good things, but we all know there's plenty of bad as well. And we can't turn around and point the finger at God. We have to look at ourselves and say, what have we done? And that's what Jesus says to us. Now, obviously, uh, I've mentioned this morning some extreme ways in which we do that. Um, People will look at their own bodies and say, that isn't what is true. I decide what is true. That's quite an extreme. But the reality is we can all be guilty of that same thought process. Uh, We need to be careful lest we don't see the plank in our own eyes. Uh, We too, even as people sitting in a church building this morning, uh, can be susceptible to a kind of worship of ourselves. And you could argue... Uh, that when we do it, it's actually worse. Because we claim, or many of us, um, I don't know everyone here this morning, but many of us claim to worship God, to follow him. And yet, how often we do not follow what he says. As Jesus said in verse 46, Luke 6, 46, he says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Uh, At least... The person who rejects Christ, rejects the Bible, rejects God, at least they're being, in a sense, honest with their life. They're saying, God's not my king, Christ's not my king, I'm going to live my own way. At least there's a kind of honesty to that. Uh, Still a judgment day coming, but at least they're being consistent. Where so many of us, we can claim to follow Christ, we can claim to listen to him, and yet in reality, we're listening to ourselves. Uh, Let me ask you a question. Uh, Does your God ever disagree with you? Does your God ever disagree with you? Or does it somehow seem that whatever you want to do is always what God wants to do as well? Because if that's the case, then it may just be that you formed a God in your own image, which doesn't bear a great resemblance to the God of the Bible, doesn't bear a great resemblance to Jesus. Because we can do that. We can create a Jesus who we like, who tells us the things we want to hear, but when we do that, we've stopped following Jesus, haven't we? We're actually just following ourselves. We're leaning on our own understanding and not on him. And we're like that foolish man, just the same. So before we judge other people too harshly, uh, let's look at our own hearts. Are we listening to what God is saying to us? Because if we are not, then that will lead to bondage and destruction just as much as any other course of life. However, extreme that might seem to us we all need to listen to christ Uh, charles spurgeon once told a parable 
Uh, and it was a parable about a tyrant, a tyrant dictator who once summoned uh, all his subjects into his presence. And uh, he um, commanded a blacksmith to forge a chain. And uh, the man had to go and labor and work at making this chain. And when it was done, he brought it back into uh, the presence of the tyrannical uh, ruler. And the king ordered him back again to forge another link to the chain and make it double the length. And again and again, the blacksmith came back after toiling on this chain until eventually the tyrant uh, commanded that the man be bound with that chain and cast into prison. And you hear that and you think, what's the meaning of that? Why would a king do that? Why would the blacksmith do that? But that, Charles Spurgeon said, is what the devil does with us. He tempts us. He tempts us with sin and we obey. And we go down the path of sin, ignoring God, listening to Satan. And in doing that, we are simply forging our own chain. We think it will make us happy. We think it will give us fulfillment. We think it will prevent uh, destruction coming to us, like that blacksmith forging that chain. But it is a chain, and it leads to destruction in the end. What Jesus offers is the opposite. What did Jesus say? Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We think by listening to ourselves and our own desires, we will make ourselves happy. What experience and what the Bible tells us is that that's a lie. Uh, Follow your own heart and eventually it will lead to destruction. But listen to Christ, listen to what he says. And although life may be hard as you do it, ultimately it will lead to to life. Now, I always think of the uh, illustration of, um, I think his name was Harold Abrahams. Um, I think it's in the film Chariots of Fire. Uh, I've not seen the film all the way through, so I might be uh, misremembering. But I think uh, Harold Abrahams, if I've got the name right, was a sprinter in the Olympics, uh, yearning for that gold medal. And nothing wrong with a gold medal. Uh, but he put all his heart and soul into winning that gold medal. And eventually he won. He won the gold medal and he sat in the changing room staring at that gold medal. And it all seemed so flat. All those years of effort, all those years of toil, all those years of work, just for what was ultimately a hunk of metal. And he thought, what was the point? But that ultimately is what happens to everyone who follows their own path in life. Pour all your energy into your career. Pour all your energy into getting bigger possessions, getting a bigger house, a bigger car, um, trendier gadgets, whatever it is you pour your heart into. And we think it will make us happy. But it's only a chain in the end. But Jesus says, listen to my words. Listen to what I say. And although life might be difficult, although it might make life uncomfortable for a time, in the end is joy and peace forever 
more. Don't trust your own desires. Listen to Christ. And you'll be like that wise man who built on a rock. And just in closing, when I say that, listen to Christ. Don't misunderstand me as me saying, go and do your best to be good. That's not what Jesus said. What Jesus said was, come to me. Receive from me the gift of forgiveness. Receive from me the gift of eternal life. That's the first step. Not trying really, really hard and trying to obey God in your own strength. You will fail. You will fall flat on your face. The first step is to listen to Christ and say, I need you. I need you to save me. That's why Jesus died on the cross. He didn't die for the good of his health. He died that we could be forgiven. He died to take the punishment for our sin on himself. So if you ever doubt that Jesus loves you, if you ever doubt that following him is the best path, look at that cross. And on the cross, you will see how much Jesus loves you. Uh, He was willing to give up his life, to sacrifice heaven for you. You can trust him. You can follow him. Don't trust in yourself. And with those thoughts in mind, I've chosen as our final hymn, number 595. And it's really a prayer uh, for Christ to do just that for us, to help us to look to him and not to lean on our own understanding. Number 595, be thou my vision. O Lord of my heart, nought be all else to me, save that thou art. Thou my best thought, by day or by night, waking or sleeping, thy presence, my light. So we'll close by singing number 595.